Welcome, everybody, to episode two of Astronauts Anonymous, giving you nerdy news one step at a time. I am your host, Joe Bennett. Uh, Viet Lee here. How y'all doing? Ryan. And Alex Hardy. You two are so enthusiastic about that. <laughs> I'm Ryan, and I'm happy to be here. I'm oh, Alex. I'm Alex, and I'm uh, here of my own free will. I'm not <laughs> being held under duress. As he types in Morse code. Yeah. And we have a special guest here with us we today. We do. We do. Joe, why don't you go ahead and introduce him? We have Ryan's new kitty, Shownuff. Who is yet what? to be named. Whose name is Shownuff. I don't think that's his good... It's not going to be... His... No, he is the baddest man in Harlem. I don't. So he is officially Shownuff. I think that just because it's... No. Again, you, you, realize, you realize you've lost this argument since we've been calling him Shownuff since we got here. Pretty much. As soon as I walked in the door, I was like, oh, look, it's Shownuff. You know, you know what we should do? Cook him. Like, since, <laughs> since Ryan doesn't want to officially name him, we should ask the fans the to fans vote yes. to name the cat. Yeah. Oh, yes. Perfect. We can put up a poll. This will be the first poll of Astronauts Anonymous. It's awesome. Yeah. We could say that, you know, like, everybody here except for Ryan wants him to be the baddest man in Harlem. Show enough. Um, Ryan wanted to name him Slobodan Milosevic because he wanted it to be a joke that everybody would get. Uh, <laughs> and then we can just go back and forth and see, like, you know, which one people like more. Show enough oh, or Slobodan Milosevic? Yes, audience members, give us your vote. Do you want it to be show enough or do you not have an opinion? By the way, <laughs> listeners, those those last two jokes were both for your parents and your grandparents. <laughs> you have more options than that. But yes, let's vote on naming my cat. <laughs> let's vote on naming the cat show enough. No, please, people, please. I have to live with this thing and re reference it daily. I don't want to tell it. No, show enough. Please exactly. get off the couch. Get off the couch. Show enough? The only way you can get him off the couch is if you have the glow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we got to get you training, bud, because you don't get the glow just by being a willy-nilly. I, I don't. Those are words, I know. But does that mean something? Look, he is so relaxed over here, and he enjoys the name show enough. Uh, I think he enjoys the sun and that window. <laughs> show enough does what he wants exactly <laughs> all right okay so on to real topics that we have today besides show enough which is a very important topic don't forget to vote <laughs> god i'm loving this so much so <clears throat> the first thing on our docket today we have some ghostbusters news i don't know if anybody you all heard but we have the new ghostbusters movie coming out in a month and with that we have the wonderful new theme song for the Ghostbusters movie. Okay, you guys switched topics on me, so now I went from utter surprise to just utter rage. So yes, let's get this on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really excited, because for those of you guys that don't know, the new Ghostbusters song is uh, done by Fall Out Boy featuring Missy Elliott. Yes. And it's like, a, it's like a new, but also remixy version, like redo of the new... Uh, the new or the old original Ghostbusters theme from the '80s. <laughs> I'm staying quiet here because I I could just I'm watching Viet right now and he is steaming and he wants to say something so badly. I usually can't see auras, but I see hate <laughs> <laughs> emanating from Viet. How do I even begin? <laughs> I have my opinions. I'm just gonna let Viet talk though on this. I can help. Okay. Yes, they do use elements from. Not only the first 
1984 original theme song, but also elements from the 1989 Run DMC mix, which is not that good, but it is far better in comparison to what Fall Out Boy and Missy Elliott produced. Well, I mean, look what they had to work with. I mean, um, the I, material there. Right? Viet, I, I, <laughs> Viet, I hear what you're saying, and I respectfully disagree. Uh, I'm a huge Fall Out Boy fan. I love hey, As am I. And actually, I think um, I think actually the the rehash version that you hear, I think I'm glad that they actually didn't just try and use the old song to cash in on it. They I'm glad something that, new, though. Yeah, because this is actually, and this is kind of um, representative of the new Ghostbusters film in general. It's not the Bill Murray vehicle from the '80s. It's not you know like the, this old SNL skit bou- or crew bouncing off of each other. This is something completely new. So that way, if you do hate the new movie. It doesn't try to borrow that old nostalgia and just cash in on it for nostalgia's sake. That is a good point. I, I like you a lot more now. <laughs> <laughs> but the, here, the, here's the problem, and this is why it worries me about the movie more. That song sounded just like another paint-by-numbers, corporate-buy-in, overproduced piece of trash that they made just because, okay, we got to hit these notes just right. Oh, yeah, and, and historically, if you need to, like, cash in on that, like, youth 18 to 24 demographic, you bring in Fall Out Boy. Like, they did it for Big Hero 6. Fall Out Boy, honestly, had no... They did good songs for, that, for that Big Hero that, 6. That song, yeah. Immortals, was a good song. I will not lie, but I do think that just having them just on the, the Ghostbusters track, I, I just think was a bad idea. Because, you know, listening to it, he's just... For me, it doesn't encompass the, the same energy Fall Out Boys puts into their music. It was it an just, overproduced studio song. You know, well, it just, it's because they didn't want to rip off. They didn't want to do away with the source material. They wanted to include it somehow. Uh, and what they ended up with was a, a, a somewhat crappy remix. I think that was a bad call. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it, otherwise, they would have had to have, in their own way, their own genre, done their own version of the song with the same lyrics. And then people would have hated that. Yeah. Which, well, well, honestly, if you had left them Fall Out Boy entirely to their own devices, there would have been so many like crazy innuendos and like That's play on words and like inappropriate implications that the studio wouldn't have felt comfortable with. And truth be told, the original there. song was a stolen song. What? But yeah, it yeah, was, you didn't know. Um, <laughs> what the fuck was the name of that song? Okay, Ghostbusters history one hundred and one. <laughs> The actual theme was actually taken from a Huey Lewis song. Huey Lewis, yeah. I won a new drug. It was just, uh, there was a big court battle. Huey Lewis got a big payoff, so. It wasn't, it wasn't a yes, won it a new drug, was. was it? Yes, it was. That doesn't sound like the Ghostbusters. Look it up. I thought it was a different song. I, yeah, the I want a new drug, I want a new fix, something, something. Yeah, from, if I you speed it. my car to fix. If, if you There's speed another up. song that sounds almost just like it. It's just the lyrics are different, but I thought it was a different song. I didn't think it was that song. No, it, that's... Let's not question the Ghostbusters historian here. <laughs> oh. But God. anyway, I mean, I mean, Alex makes a very good point, a very well-formed argument, so... That's probably I, the best argument I've heard about that's it. That's the best argument I've heard. Or would we be willing to hear? Yeah. Right next to <laughs> the fact that it's actually a good song. Yes, me too. Oh, God. Okay, I, Ryan. Okay, I will go into this one thing before we move on to the next topic. I have a love-hate relationship with Fall Out Boy. I liked them before. They were always all right. But when I was overseas, I had a room with a guy that listened to nothing but Fall Out Boy for an entire fucking year. Sorry. 
uh, for an entire year, and he refused to listen to, to wear headphones. Absolutely refused. So that's why I had this thing where I absolutely hated Fallout Boy for the longest time. That, that's just rude. Yes! I bought him headphones several times and told him, wear headphones, and he just refused. Yeah, like, I, I, my... Play Fallout Boy. Probably yeah, like, oh, no. <laughs> I like uh, when when I have like a Fall Out Boy Jones. It's usually actually Fall Out Boy isn't usually what I listen to the most. I do really love Fall Out Boy, but like for example, um, when I drive, I love listening to like Sarah Bareilles, and I'll just like rock out to her entire discography. I can't but, hit on you for that at all. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but I know that like if I'm in the house or something like that, like I don't need to subject my wife to listening to the song Little Black Dress like thirty times in a row. That's not for her. That's for me. You know? So, moving on to much better Ghostbusters news. Yes. Ghostbusters Ecto Force was announced. With is... no plot devices. Except for the fact that it takes place 32 years in the force in the future. Is this a game? or? No, this is a new animated series that they're going to be coming out with in a, uh, about next year. Yeah, it's supposed to come out next year or something like that. Because just like they did with the Ninja Turtles now, that Ninja Turtles is starting to get back its popularity and everything. They're trying to do the same thing with the Ghostbusters. Which is kind of hilarious because it's all writing on this one movie. Pretty much. So if this movie fails epically, I mean, basically... If kids, if kids don't care about it when the movie comes out... But this movie... The, the movie's been so polarized because basically they've... they've You know, oh, it's... It, you, know, it, you know, basically the feminists had hopped on because it's all an all-female cast. And I'm just like, you guys aren't fans of Ghostbusters because if you were, you would know that in the original, the real Ghostbusters... Janine had to save the Ghostbusters Kylie. several times. Extreme Ghostbusters, yes. And Kylie. Kylie Griffin. And then in the IDW run of the comics, not only was Janine Melnitz a Ghostbuster, Kylie Griffin was there, but they also recruited another woman and Ron Alexander when the Ghostbusters were kidnapped and trapped in the Astral Realm. So to say that there's never been female, like, you know, a female-led Ghostbusters team is completely idiotic. Well, and, and you know what makes me mad about this, about, like, the... I, I, this is a cartoon, right? Ectoforce? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I feel bad for the animation team because this is the same scenario that the Avatar Legend of Korra group got put in when M. Night Shyamalan got picked oh, up God. for directing the film. They were in development when uh, Avatar was getting ripped in, apart in theaters. And so they basically started preparing to get canceled because they knew they were going to get bad press coverage and bad publicity from this trash heap of a movie. That's so. And it's so hard for, like, original, like, cartoon series to get picked up anyway nowadays because it's so expensive and whatnot. It's very difficult to get syndication, especially with, like, TV dying and going into the, you know, like, yeah. into the twilight years. Exactly. Um, so now, if this Ghostbusters movie is a flop, it will undoubtedly give shit to the, to the new cartoon series, even if it doesn't deserve it. Exactly. That's very true. Although, then again, if the, if the cartoon is really good... In the movie, if the movie ends up being crap and the cartoon is really good, it can live on and will have its fan base and have it several seasons and whatnot, which would be great. Not likely. If the it movie flops, people aren't going to watch the. I mean, except for hardcore fans, just like only hardcore fans. It would, would know, have to be really good, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Just like only hardcore fans would know that uh, there were other women-led sort of Ghostbusters teams. Yeah. Like I wouldn't know that, and I love Ghostbusters one and two. Actually, while we're on the subject of like women in video games, that actually made me really mad in the uh, the one the one Assassin's Creed game in Paris, right? Yeah, um, they refused to do models for female assassins because they said that was too yeah. hard and it would take too much time. 
everybody had British accents, even though it's supposed to take place in Paris. Yeah. And, and what people don't realize, actually, is that during the French Revolution, Paris was stormed by actually a group of armed women, women. entirely. Yeah. By an all-female fighting force, and they didn't even depict that in the fucking ga- or in the in the flipping in game. The game. Yeah, it, in the milky flipping game. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's just that's that's a whole another topic which we can get into at some other. But point. yeah, I but am excited about the announcement of Ecto Force. A new Ghostbusters cartoon is well. You know, definitely they're. I mean, they're talking about releasing releasing a trading card game. You know, so they've already released the board game. We've got Just Ghostbusters two. They are set to milk that. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't it be hilarious if like Ecto Force was like this gritty Gears of War like hybrid? <laughs> you know, and and, and you just no, hear like a narrator like bored. we were in a piece of Adult Swim only. <laughs> like you just yeah, you just hear this narrator. We weren't prepared for when the ghost came. You know, like the world is like a wasteland. Everything changed. But yeah, the whole yeah. concept behind Ecto Force is it takes place in the future. It, it's weird, though, because it's it's not like the far-flung future so they can do like it's the kids of this new generation of Ghostbusters or something like that. I have a feeling they'll do something like that, but... I really hope they don't. I want them to take a different direction. Why would they go exactly 32 years in the future, though? The- uh, that maybe have, have something to do with the story plot. Give me some time. I'll research it. Well, there's not much research yet. What? No, let let me look into some of the uh, occult stuff. Well, uh, so is this you're talking back to force, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, is this supposed to do with the original Ghostbusters or the new movie? Nobody knows yet. Nobody because... knows yet. But if it's exactly 32 years, that's that's a very definitive time. It frame. takes place in 2050. So I mean, I mean, you know, there. Are, I mean, you know, of course, in Ghostbusters too. There's a psychic. You know, oh, the world's gonna end in you know 2016. Of course, it's 2016 and it did not end. You know, and there was a big party at the at the Holiday Inn of the Paramus. That's true. You know, to celebrate on the exact day, Valentine's Day. Yeah. I wanted to go. I just couldn't afford the ticket to go. I can actually see them putting it in 2050 to like hedge their bets as far as franchises go. Yeah. Um, because you can't have it be an immediate sequel to the 1980s Ghostbusters because technologically we're so far ahead. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah, you can't You can't be like the wacky, crazy adventures of Peter Bankman. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, he's in a nursing home. Ooh. Or in prison. Like, he's not... Uh, Bankman's probably in prison. <laughs> yeah. Bankman got caught in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. I... No, I... <laughs> I could totally see, like, you know, we, we think Peter Venkman's funny now, but by our standards, he would have been arrested for, like, sexual harassment. Oh, God, yes. And, oh. like, I could see him losing the Ghostbusters franchise simply because of, like, the giant wall of sexual harassment claims. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and him trying to, like, only hire sexy females to be, like, the new replacements. <laughs> that's that's how I thought they were going to segue it in. They were like, Peter Venkman's a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. I'm not going to lie. But correct me if I'm wrong. I thought that this is supposed to be like a fresh reboot. Like they're not uh, no That's more. Still from... really iffy. I mean, there's well, there's a lot well, of elements that they've included from the original storyline. To me, they're just retelling the story with just four different people. Well, uh, on uh, the YouTube guy, Midnight's Edge, he actually he does stuff like the what's going on, the rumor mill for different movies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And from what he was saying in an interview with Paul Feig, Paul Feig was saying he did the movie. Spy, because he was mad that he he would never get the James Bond franchise, that he wanted complete control and he wanted to make it his own thing, which is what was the driving force behind him rebooting the entire Ghostbusters. He didn't want to do a sequel. He wanted it to make his own 
Paul Feig experience with his own cast, so Melissa McCarthy and, and Kristen Wiig and whatnot. Hmm. So kind of a middle finger to Ivan Reitman, but all right. Pretty much. Yeah. So the, I'm sorry, the the world ending thing that they talked about in Ghostbusters 2, that was supposed to be 2016. Yeah. What if they, like, take that and run with it, and that's, like, the big uh, Oh, we're problem. past Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, yes, but in the movie, it could be whatever. They saved it. That's why we're still alive. They yeah. prevented it. In the movie, that could Thank be Thank you, Dr. Zedmore, Spangler, you know. Stance, No, it's, big, it's not them. It's the new ones. I'm going to fucking kill everybody, sorry. <laughs> okay, so going on, speaking about TV cartoons, which I am I'm excited about. I'm looking forward to Echo Force and the new movie. That will be, be determined. I'll but, reserve my opinions. And that's all we can do at the moment. With a knife. <laughs> Tell to the producer's throat. Maybe so I'm going to watch this movie with you. <laughs> Just... Maybe your opinion should be less stabby. Well, it's more entertaining that way. Okay, I can use poison. It doesn't matter. But, okay, great. I'm not watching stuff with you. All okay. right, moving on. So, the next topic we have for today, uh, the whole, the new CW and, and Netflix deal that's going on, possibly. Now, I haven't heard a whole lot about that, so what's going on with that? Uh, from what I understand, it's mostly rumors right now, but, it and this is going to be kind of a big one, really. Apparently, CW made a deal with Netflix where they're going to have their seasons released a lot earlier. Oh, wow. Whoa. Than previously. Because like, before, it was always like maybe a month before the new season it started or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's true. And because of that, they're ending their deal with Hulu at the same time. Oh, so we're going to get like Hulu fast content of CW uh, shows maybe on Netflix? Not that fast. What I'm thinking is like right whenever like the season finale is done, then. That's. Okay, I still want to know what happens to the Flash. That's exactly. Know. I like watching it. Like I want the way I watch TV because I don't have cable. I have Netflix and I have Hulu. Yep, and I have HBO Go. Yeah, and HBO yeah. Go. Oh yeah, awesome. And so, like old stuff, you know, I'll watch on Netflix. Stuff that's currently going on, I'll watch the next day or whenever I get some free time that week of that episode. Like the Flash is on. And I know I can watch it later that, that week that it comes on. And I'm kept up just along with everybody else. So with this deal, it kind of sucks because if if it's going the way it's it sounds like, I'm not going to be able to do that. It's going to be, I will have to wait till the season's over and then watch it all on Netflix unless I go a less than legal route with it. Well, um, Hulu usually releases it next day, right? Like CW will... Like, play it the same day, and then, like, you know, if it comes out on a Tuesday, then you can get on Hulu on a Wednesday, right? Exactly. I probably, I would suspect that it would be a similar arrangement, because, like, CW shows, like Supernatural especially, and actually most of the stuff, like Vampire Diaries, those are, like, those shows, the bread and butter of a lot of that revenue comes from Netflix and people binge-watching it. That's very Um, true. And that, like, a lot of shows that were kind of, like, wishy-washy being watched in regular syndication with, like, low viewership have been, like, resurrected and kept alive thanks to Netflix binge-watching. So I could – I think this is a really good move for CW because they're they're playing toward the future, you know, where it's not just the people who can sit down and watch it the first time it comes out that that it's where you're going to get your real money. Netflix is a big, rich engine that's just making more and more money hand over fist. Um, and then they're, you're going to get so much more back if you can just give it to the binge watchers as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then with, with Hulu, the thing that I didn't like is like sometimes 
some episodes would appear, some would go away. Sometimes you could only watch like three episodes. Yeah. So hopefully if they do it with the Netflix deal, it just all stays on Netflix. So if you want to sit there at like two in the morning and just go through <laughs> ten episodes of The Flash, you can get through ten episodes. It's the, the best time to binge ten episodes, an entire season of a TV show, 2 a.m. 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Not Half drunk. And, oh, and... My mother loves me. <laughs> So, and I, and I feel like those are going to be those are going to be the new customers that you want to appeal to is the people who are willing to watch something over and over again four times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, and from, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But the CW, uh, like most uh, channels, release their stuff on their website. That is true. It's just kind of a pain because for that stuff hardly for any for some reason. Does they even have an app for like Roku or Amazon? They don't have their own app. Ooh. That's their that's the thing. You have to watch it on the website. And those things hardly ever work. For some reason, there's always like some slowdown or it skips. And, and you have to watch like 20 minutes of commercials, you know, yeah. for, for 12 minutes of footage. <laughs> and people complain enough about Hulu having commercials. Yeah. Please yeah. watch this uh, 15 run of 30 second ads. Yeah. And, and when you watch on the CW website, it's like the same two ads over and over again. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Although Hulu sucks. I mean, even when you buy their, their ad-free experience, they still have front-loading ads. And the, the loading for the ads takes, like, 10, 10 like, seconds or so, uh, whereas the streaming for the regular things is just fine. So you've got, a, like, you've got a big gap there where you're waiting on the commercial, then you have to watch the commercial, the commercial freezes. It just, if they would fix it so it just was flawless and it streamed like normal, it would be less of an annoyance. But I don't they care suck. so much about that. I, I hear a lot of people complain and give that same argument, but, but my thing is, yes, you're getting the exact same thing that people are watching on TV with a lot less commercials than what you would watch if you were watching it on regular TV. Yes. That, that's the trade-off. But TV seconds. commercials do not lag or give you a middle finger. And, and also, if this, this is 2016, so... Even if I'm watching it on regular TV in that unlikely circumstance, I'm hitting pause and DVRing that shit. I'm gonna fast for, fast forward all those commercials anyway. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like I promise you, I will. I like sometimes if an ad is too annoying, I will just not buy that product. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, how how dare you pollute my eyes with your garbage? Oh, so you didn't appreciate the Swiffer uh, surprise visits? <laughs> <laughs> If somebody wants to come over here and give me free cleaning equipment, okay, that's awesome. But unfortunately, that's not what really happens. Um, so it, it's one of those things that from a business standpoint, I really understand and I get it. It just, from a consumer standpoint, it kind of sucks, especially if you want to be kept, caught up on things on a day-to-day basis, like when they release. So that's my opinion on that. But we'll, we'll see what actually happens and we'll... Either way, we're still going to get our entertainment. Mm-hmm. We might just have to wait for it. Yeah. And actually, now that I think about it, like so many CW shows are popular on Netflix. I wouldn't be surprised actually if CW thinks about dropping a show from their um, from like you know CW, and then Netflix picks it up. I, I would actually that, I would that wouldn't surprise me at all. The Netflix yeah. empire just grows. Well, I mean, because Netflix has done an excellent job with producing their own content too. Yep. Yep. Even though I didn't like uh, Elektra in Daredevil, like, overall, it's a good show. That's a whole other topic with Elektra, though. <laughs> That's, yeah, we can talk for a while on that. But ha- hashtag hashtag Elektra, Elektra sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Marvel heroes, 
We didn't get to talk about this last week. I wanted to, but we didn't have enough time. The new Spider-Man game was announced at E3 this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, seeing the footage, just seeing Spidey just zip through, like, you know, the it, day... It's open world. I mean, that's 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 amazing for me. That makes me so happy. I mean, I'm worried about the web-slinging. I, I haven't seen any gameplay footage of the web-slinging. There really hasn't been yet. That That is the problem, because they had, they had web-slinging in the Amazing Spider-Man games. Those games sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and, and also, even if they show gameplay footage, don't trust it. It's exactly. probably... It's prob- yeah, I would actually be worried about the game that is showing gameplay footage that looks too good to be true. Yeah. Well, no, here's the difference, though. It's not an Ubisoft game. It's Insomniac, so I have a little <laughs> ah, more faith in okay. Insomniac, which is another great thing, because I love Insomniac Studios. I, I love the Ratchet and Clank games. Oh, I just got done halfway getting through that. But... <laughs> I, I just got done getting halfway, halfway through, through, get through Ratchet and Clank. Oh, is this well, going to be another Dark, Cl- Dark Cloud 2 moment for you, Ryan? <laughs> okay, in fairness... Dialogue doesn't show up unless you go the right direction. <laughs> oh, we can have we can have that discussion That's again because we didn't get that on the last podcast. But okay, Ryan's problems with navigating through Dark Cloud. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, the game footage did look really good. So I mean, for me, I'm excited because it it, it is Insomniac Games. Um, definitely Shattered Dimensions left me kind of just. It looks uh, bad taste in my. It, a lot of people really really like that game. I mean, a lot of people do, and everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I just didn't think it was, it, was, it lived up to the, to my standards. Yeah, <laughs> had like, it was like six pieces of all right games. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Get... You know, where it's like you get a little bit of this and you're like, oh, that's nice. But then, oh, next thing. Oh, well, that's all right. And it's like, I would rather just have one good... <laughs> We're having a miscommunication problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just funny because I see a question Ryan across the room and he gets like half a word out. Yeah, no, it's Ryan, this is how it's gonna be for the rest of the of the mother flipping show. Until you start <laughs> respecting show enough. Yeah. We're not going to name it, please. His name is show enough. Don't name my Remember brother. people. Remember to vote. Remember please. to vote for show enough. Show enough twenty sixteen. No, so Ryan, what were you going to say before I rudely interrupted you? No, you didn't. I, I just forgot. <laughs> oh, no, it had to do with the... Spi- do game developers not know, like, which Spider-Man games people appreciate? Because it seems to be widely accepted that Spider-Man 2 was the best game. Why can't they just copy and paste they, they elements of um, the They did. Right, now, Ryan, actually, I can, I can answer that question. Because all you have to do is meet video game producers. <laughs> and there's a thing called bloat, right? Where you're in a meeting, and then so, I guarantee you somebody was like for Shattered Dimensions, they're like, hey, let's just make a Spider-Man game where he fights a bunch of different people. And then the producers are like, yeah, but you know what would be great is if Spider-Man was also a neo-noir mystery. Oh, you, everybody <laughs> loves Arkham Asylum right now, right? Right? So yeah. let's do a whole ser- por- portion of that. And then somebody else is like, and then let's do a portion where we do another thing that's completely different from that. And then before you know it, you have all these other crazy things that can't be integrated. So now instead of just one good project, you have six okay projects. Yep. And then they put those together. Here's what I want. Uh, they're open world. I'm really happy about that. So if they're going to go open world, go the Spider or Spider-Man 2, go Ultimate Spider-Man, Web of Shadows, where mm, it has to yeah. the webbing connects to buildings. It has to connect to something. 
Don't do like an Amazing Spider-Man where he's just web swinging in the middle of the, the air. Sky? It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm like a farm, and you're just connecting the clouds. Yeah, <laughs> don't do that shit. Um, and if you can't like, if you give me the web swinging from Spider-Man Two, okay, and the combat from Web of Shadows, oh. I will be absolutely thrilled. I will be happy. Now, can you imagine if somebody did, like, a Spider-Man 2-esque game, but the final the boss fight took place in Kansas, so there's nothing to swing on? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, so all of the power-ups and the things that you've gotten are just, they're totally useless, because you can only, like, web-sling onto a cow. <laughs> no, he loses yeah. his web cartridges. That's it. That's the final fight. So he has to depend on his superhuman strength and agility and spider sense. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah, he's weak now. He's both. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's both because he can't web-slang. Spider-Man is, is OP. Please, please nerf mods. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the other thing going on, because I'm really excited about that game. The other thing I am really excited about right now this week, and by the time this airs, it will have aired, uh, season finale of Silicon Valley is tonight. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I, I'm, I know Ryan watches it. Either of you two watch it? Yeah. You just brought PP to a poo-poo fight. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Okay. I just love the fact that Jared suggested... Buying, buying clicks and everything for them, and then he just went around and did it. And that's the only time he's been successfully able to lie to Gilfoyle. No, it was Gilfoyle that suggested it, and Jared took the idea and did it. Oh, was it Gilfoyle that originally suggested it? Well, Gilfoyle said at offhanded at the beginning of the episode, "Well, we're not going to buy clicks, are we?" And then you see Donald because his name is Donald. <laughs> so it's OJ. <laughs> Sort of look around and go, huh, and then the scene moves on. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely go foil. <laughs> we could just call me Donald since, you know, that is my original name. No, that's too difficult. <laughs> oh, wow. We're going to call you OJ. <laughs> uh, and they could also have gone with the name Show Enough. Remember to vote, everybody. Gosh, Who's Jesus. the baddest man at home? <laughs> Show Enough? <laughs> Don't name my cat that, please. <laughs> Oh, but okay, the season finale is coming up. But like, I don't see a readily like, like, I don't see what they're going to do with it. Usually, you can kind of tell like, oh, he's going to win this final. Co like in season one, he's going to win this final competition. That's the the logical conclusion to this like scenario that they set up. I'm not sure what scenario they're setting up season here because two, they, got they their seem company to be setting him up to fail with that little tidbit that Lori or the uh, the weird like robot lady. Uh, what's her name? I can't remember her name. But yeah. The... Somebody brought up a good point, actually, on Reddit. Um, what if Dinesh's video chat thing that he was talking about actually ends up saving the company? Oh, yeah. That would be hilarious. Because he has done nothing with, like, it's the only thing you ever hear, ever hear mention is whenever Dinesh is trying to use it to hit on a girl. That's it. <laughs> Until they see him. Yeah. And then they see, see You know... You know who they should. You know what they should do for the Silicon Valley season finale. If you want them to really shake it up, bring in David Nutter, the guy who directed the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. Oh, ho, 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 and then just set up a Red Wedding style thing where somebody's ringtone is the reigns of Castamere. 
<laughs> so they're all just like sitting there at like a restaurant. And you da 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 da. And then crazy antics ensue. I assume. <laughs> I have a feeling somebody's wanting to move on to the next topic. What? Yeah, no. who gave that, that idea? Because there's also another big season finale coming up that's supposedly tonight and will be have, have aired by the time this episode goes up. Alex, you want to take this topic? Uh, well, I, I mean, if I if I have to, combat. Um, but I don't. I'm not exactly sure what it is that we're talking about here. Uh, we are talking about Game of the Thrones, Game of Thrones, um, <laughs> which for those of you get people who don't know, no, actually, no, everybody knows it's Game of Thrones. Um, and if, if you don't know, then stop this podcast and read the books and then hit play again. Yeah. So, yes. Cause you can do that quickly. Yeah. Um, it's very short. We, we recently had episode nine, uh, which was the bastard bowl, the battle <laughs> of the bastards. Um, there, everybody assumed there was going to be Clegane bowl where we were going to have, uh, the undead Gregor Clegane fight his brother, Sander Clegane, but the King made trials by combat illegal. So the bastard bowl was can or the Clegane bowl was canceled. The Bastard Bowl commenced, and then there was the Beard Bowl within the Bastard Bowl, where Torm and Giant's Bane fought Small John Umber. <laughs> yeah. I understood maybe, like, five words in that whole sentence. You know, and the, the, the sad part about Clegane Bowl is, like, it's like they knew. They rubbed it in our faces, like, a couple episodes back. Yeah, right? yeah they did. They were like, here, remember this guy? This is that thing you wanted, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, they're not like, getting it now. Immediately cut to the other guy, and they're like, hey, he's still alive too. What if they fight? And then in the next episode, no trial by combat. Well, F you, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, and then the uh, the director of Battle of the Bastards, uh, I'm trying to find his name. Uh, I, have to, I have to say, like, just for everybody else, oh, Miguel I have Sapo- not watched Game of Thrones. I'm, I'm still on season one. I just started watching it. And it don't feel bad for him, because it's not for lack of opportunity. <laughs> oh! It's, okay. What, what happened was, I was determined to read the books first. I read the first two books, but I'm also a notoriously slow reader. And, I just and also a consistency never... snob. Yes. Exactly. How does and that even make sense? There, the uh, now that the now that, now that the uh, now that the show has surpassed the books, there's there are little things that, and I'm a huge nitpicker. I love nitpicking. That things that I don't like that the show does that I feel like the books did better, obviously. But there are a few moments that when you just see them committed to film, just blow away anything that you could see in a book. And there are like three instances, really, or no, four instances, I guess. The early one. Um, wait. Uh, for anybody who's not caught up, cover your ears, but season one, the whole Ned Stark thing. Yes. Yeah. Sam spoiled for me about whenever I was on the last two freaking chapters of the (laughs) book, (laughs) and then someone Um, told me. In fairness, that's because you were reading it, like, last month. I'm just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, season two, uh, Battle of the Blackwater, um, which is just fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Season three being um, The Red Wedding. Yeah. Uh, and this season, uh, season six, being the uh, Battle of the Bastards, where they were like, how should we depict this battle? I know. Let's make it like Saving Private Ryan meets Lord of the Rings. Um, and it was amazing. That's an it. impressive way to describe that. <laughs> and actually, uh, fun fact, the there's a famous scene in Battle of the Bastards where... Uh, all right, you guys ready to get spoiled? Well, there's yeah, a famous let's... scene in well, a thing that just aired last week. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, there no there there's a there's a popular scene the where basically is a thing, in the in the middle of the battle, Jon Snow gets trampled and uh, is like there's just people crawling all over him because the battle is getting so violent, <laughs> and he almost suffocates and he crawls through the people to get back up to the top, and he almost looks like he's crowd surfing and he's just like trying to breathe. It looks like he's reborn again. That entire thing was actually done off script because Rain made some of the shots for the the fight scene unfilmable. Um, So the director, Miguel Sapochik, had this idea where he's like, it's raining, the weather's bad, I can't film these scenes I'm supposed to. How about I'll just do the scene where Johnson's getting trampled? And uh, the producers, Benny Off and Weiss, just let him go ahead and do it. Uh, And it actually ended up being one of the coolest scenes because it actually paralleled the Misa scene where all of the people in Marine are touching Daenerys and she's in the circle. And then it almost looks exactly the same where Jon Snow's in the middle of the scene looking up at the sky like Daenerys, but he's being surrounded by, like, wildlings and bodies. He was being Um, drowned by people. I didn't even know that was possible. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and it's like, and you watch it, and it's like, you feel everything that Jon Snow feels. So when he's getting trampled, like, I I became short of breath. It was just so awesome to watch. Yeah. Um, And again, people nitpickers, and even myself included, will be like, well, this isn't really how medieval battles worked, but you're never going to have an accurate medieval battle scene in a movie or a show because it has to look cool. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, as far as that goes, it was pretty much a calculated execution. Uh, yeah, and as far as, like, medieval depictions go, they at least tried to get a lot of aspects right or at least close to it. So you saw, like, the quality of different soldiers, you know, between, like, light infantry and heavy infantry, the importance of cavalry, like, deploying arrows, and, and it was really fun. Not getting trapped in a shield wall. Yeah, not getting trapped in a shield wall. Uh, the actually how ineffective wildlings are in organized combat because they're simply not trained. You know, they don't have like the skills and coordination to work as a cohesive unit. Um, it was, it, of course, it was just super fun to watch. And Jon Snow is my boy. I've been just rooting for him the whole time. So He's probably excited. honestly my favorite. Well, probably my second favorite character in the series out of the two books that I've read. Well, bad news for you about season five. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got spoiled for me too. So at this point, I don't really care about spoilers. Everything already been, has been ruined for me. But do you know who was really, really excited about the season finale of Game of Thrones? Me. Show enough. Show enough. Show enough. Who's the baddest man in Harlem? Show enough. Remember to vote, everybody. That's uh. A lovely reference to something that I'm not going to name my cat. <laughs> uh, no, we're putting it to a it's, vote to the listeners. Now, um, now, speaking of uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, it's a common thing uh, throughout the show that Jon Snow's trying to like figure out, you know, who his who his parents are, which brings us to the next topic of finding Dory. <laughs> That's nice oh, segue. Yeah. There. I like That's that a one. Good one. That's a that good was a good one. segue. Um. Yeah, uh, has everybody here seen Finding Dory? I have. I have not. I have. Okay. So we got two out of four. All right. Two. Uh, what, did, what did you think about Finding Dory? I thought, I mean, it, like Pixar, it was a good, heartwarming movie. Like, Pixar rarely disappoints. Sometimes they do with their sequels. It was, and this is, this is two ends of the spectrum. Like, you have Toy Story 2... As a sequel, and then you have Cars 2 as a sequel. This leans closer to Toy Story 2, but it's not that good. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's close. Finding, finding Dory felt like it should have been a five minute, like, in between skit. You know, they do those five minute animated shorts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like that stretched out to 90 minutes. But it was a good 90, like, 
what they did with it worked, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I genuinely believe that it started where somebody did, like, a small animated thing of, like, Kid Dory, and Disney producers were like, Chick Ching. Oh, God, uh, that would have sold big because they did one of those. Well, they milk those flashback Dory scenes like they're going oh, out yeah, of style. They did. Um, and yeah, uh, it, I, it wasn't as bad as Cars 2 in that it wasn't a midden heap. Um, but there was, ultimately there was nothing at stake, you know, nobody really was at risk. Nobody was really, I mean, they were in these dangerous situations, but they never presented it as being dangerous or risky. That's true. That really, it did never, even like the whole ending part where they were possibly being going to be separated forever. Yeah. Even that did not feel like it was really dire. Yeah, and there and 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 uh, I felt like in with Finding Nemo, they did two things that were really interesting. They showed new scenarios. They showed these new environments and these new people that was outside of uh, outside of, the, of these fishes elements. And then they had everything be at stake, you know, because there were real things at stake. Um, in Finding Dory, all of the scenarios and most of the things they run into were just from the first movie. There weren't a lot of That's new introductions. That's really true. And the stakes weren't really... They, they, there were no stakes. But again, it was a good film. Like, yeah, they didn't do too much new and not much with it, but it was a very fun film nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so, like, with what little that they had, they did the best job with it. And I love the, the Sigourney we- Weaver cameo. Yeah. <laughs> I Whenever she, she heard that as voice, it turns out to be Sigourney Weaver... I, I will admit, admit I laugh my ass off at that part. Yeah, you know what? You know, what I also feel like I something just makes me uh, believe that like originally Finding Dory was supposed to take place at SeaWorld, but then that Blackfish documentary came out, and <laughs> oh, they were it like, was. "It literally was." Because they were like, "They're like, oh shit, dude, we can't do like a SeaWorld thing. Man, the fans will kill us." Like, yeah, it was supposed to be another like like SeaWorld kind of place, but whenever Blackfish came out, they changed it to be at a marine institute. Yeah, the the place where they don't treat animals terribly and like semi torture them. Yeah, uh, for entertainment. This is a different place where they're trying to cure the fish. Yeah, everybody's happy. Mm. <laughs> we definitely don't eat the fish. Not here. No, definitely no su- sushi restaurant. That theme park. Do you think that's what Cleveland is like? Oh God, that's the big plot twist. Yeah, it's like actually just a sushi restaurant. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, they're going, those fish are going to a farm in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I did really like, um, I can't remember the, who did the voice for him, Ed, Ed, it wasn't Ed Harris, I want to say Ed Harris, but I know it's not the, the voice, but the octopus? Oh, that's uh, that's Al Bundy, from Married with Children. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, Ed, um, why can't I think of his name right now? Uh, let me see. Uh, Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill, thank you. A uh, professional black belt and personal friend of the Gracie family, Ed O'Neill. Really? Yeah. He's a master Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that man. I did not know that. Yep. Uh, look yeah. that up. That's real. I, You know, for some reason, it doesn't surprise me too much, but I did not know that. Yep. Oh, they actually, oh. they touch on it briefly in Modern Family, where he tries to teach self-defense to the dad, and he mentions Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like, offhand, because he really does know Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Huh. But yeah, I I personally really, really liked uh, Finding Dory. If you were a fan of Finding Nemo, go see Finding Dory, and it seems like most people have. Yeah, Um, especially if you're a a dad, and you have the kid for a weekend, you know, and you gotta gotta take him (laughs) to a movie. That's that's true. Single guys without kids probably haven't seen this movie yet, am I correct? 
Uh, I'm seeing a guy without kids. I haven't seen it this weekend. Actually, statistically, more adults without kids saw Up than children. That is true. Okay, Up, I'm sorry. That had the sad... Somebody had told me before that Finding Dory, the opening, was just as sad as Up. No, no, it was no. not. No. Oh. Um, and Up came out the week my wife and I got married. Oh, God, I'm Whoa. sorry. My wife cried like a baby in that Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the intro... I cried, like, man, I... It's... Jeez. I needed to take, like, a... Prozac after that. Yeah, up tore my heart out. But um, I think that Dory was definitely an improvement over The Last Dinosaur. <laughs> That's not saying much. Or And also, I hated Brave. I, I despise Brave. Oh, it's actually God, one of my least favorite yes. movies. I believe they did a wonderful job covering the topic of fate. I'm like the only... Oh, God. Don't start him Watch on yourself, this. Watch yourself, Ryan. Don't start him on this. I think I'm like the only person that thought Brave was an alright movie. But... Yes, it taught children that they can change their fate. Uh, don't hey. do it, Ryan. Don't, we don't have time to talk about it in this podcast. Do you know <laughs> who has control over their fate? Oh, my God. No, no, no. no. Do you know who has control over their fate? Who? Show up! That makes sense, actually, yeah. Uh, in fact, if, if, if Merida and Brave actually asked Show Nuff for the ability to change her fate, it would have made more sense. Exactly, yes. But... Like Ed O'Neill, other old guys that we really enjoy seeing on TV, we got some Brian Cranston news. Yes. He is going to play the giant head in the screen. Zordon. Yes. Give me five teenagers with attitude. Power Rangers. It's time to cook. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the new Power Rangers movie is going to have Zordon. And why this is actually um, a, more, more backstory stuff. Uh, Brian Cranston got his start doing some voice work for the original Power Rangers movie. Oh. Um, in fact, actually, the character Billy, they name him Billy Cranston in honor oh. of Brian Cranston, who contributed so much to the set and the show. Oh, the one that everybody ruthlessly bullied on yes, the set? For being, yeah. Oh, well, apparently the the other actors, the Power Rangers were nice to him, but it was the people on set, like the producers and whatnot, that treated him like garbage. Yeah, yeah for David Yost has written a you know, scathing uh, autobiography about his uh, time on the set of Power Rangers and how he will never do it again. Any interview you see with him is, I only stayed as long as I did for the fans. Yep. But as, as, as I understand it, I don't think that Brian Cranston was one of the people who was persecuting him. No. As I understood it, Brian Cranston was just, a, just you know, Brian Cranston. <laughs> he was trying to raise him as a son. <laughs> yeah, trying to, trying to teach him to roller skate and dance at the same time. <laughs> it's the same so, guy that played Hal as 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 Heisenberg. I can't. But at the same time, you look at them; they're completely different people on screen. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Just, he's a good actor. He's a really good actor. He really is. Well, he's he's awesome in Argo. I loved him in Argo. Oh, he was I have perfect. not seen that yet. You still haven't seen Argo? I know. Um, actually, uh, what you should do, I challenge you to watch Gone Baby Gone. That's a the great town. And Argo in succession, and then watch Batman vs Superman, and hit yourself in the face for wondering why they didn't have Ben Affleck direct it. No, I, he's a great director. <laughs> well, he's oh, going to be, he's gonna be working there, on sir. the well new Batman film. Well, yeah, he's going to be the executive producer, but like he's an Oscar-winning director. Yeah. Has does Zack Snyder have an Oscar for anything other than snorting coke? <laughs> nope. Oh, okay. but he does have his dirt on everybody at that studio. Yeah. Oh, God. We can talk a lot about about that. 
<laughs> Which okay, actually, I did want to go over that a little bit. I didn't. We didn't put this on the board, but the um, new Batman vs Superman, the Ultimate Edition, is going to be coming out like this week. I think. Yeah, this week. Yeah, it's going to do. It's it'll supposed be to ultra suck. No, no. I read <laughs> extended okay. scenes, scenes that they didn't include in the original cut. So. Which I read up on it. I read the things that are adding on it. I, I'm probably going to go go get it and everything because from what I read about it, it doesn't cure everything. But it fills all the plot hole problems. Yeah, you can't cure cancer. So, uh, <laughs> or and you can't get rid of aliens by making more aliens and then inviting other aliens, aliens to, to come to your true. planet to get rid of the alien that you don't like. So it doesn't it doesn't fix the dumb decisions like that. Also but attacking Congress it fix fish. well see it does fix stuff like that. Oh, did it, did it explain why um, uh, he had to baptize Zod in his blood and molest his corpse? <laughs> Unfortunately, from what I read, it did not. It just fixed that. That, he's, like, by the way, like, that scene is, makes me so uncomfortable because you know he did other stuff to Zod. <laughs> oh, God. There was no Thank you for putting that image that, in my head. That, you know, basically Lex Luthor had his way with Zod's body. I mean, yeah, Astronauts Anonymous, we are a family-friendly podcast. No, no, if you look... If, if, nature, that's an alien body. Yeah, no, look, look at... Chance. So he probed the alien. No, well, look at the chain of events, right? Superman shows up at the top of a building, right? He did it. Like, yeah. Superman did show up at the top of a building? Yeah, thing. Superman shows up at the top of a building, um, and Lex Luthor is like, I'm going to defeat you because I don't like you. And then he shows a bloody hand, and then he hears Zod's corpse roaring. And, of course, Superman is like, what did you do? Which is a great question. Like, <laughs> what did you do? Because, like, basically what they're saying is Lex Luthor's abusive powers literally turn you into a monster. Oh. Uh, I'm still gonna go see it, and I have a lot of hope for it. Don't. I think it's going to fix a lot of the plot hole problems, which is my biggest issue with that movie. Um, Joe, it's an S, not hope. <laughs> and from what I've been hearing, Justice League is actually sounding like it's gonna turn out pretty good too. Yeah, if uh, hopefully, as long as Ben Affleck isn't just like a fake executive producer, like if he actually has. Power to actually, like, I've been reading a lot of stuff like that. They are having letting him have a lot more control over stuff, which is good because again, I have to state for the audience: Ben Affleck is an Oscar-winning director and really should be helming this whole franchise. And Zack so. Snyder should be like playing with blocks, and he should be a, he should be a choreographer, is what he should be. <laughs> Mike, yeah, we could go yeah. on that topic again for an hour. Uh, when the Ultimate Edition comes out, we might do like a review cast or something. If you guys, if uh, speaking to the audience. If you guys uh, would like it, we're talking in talks about possibly starting to do review casts in between our regular podcasts. So that might be a good one to yeah, actually to do. do a full review on. Uh, but moving on to the next topic we have here, uh, Alex, you wanted to talk about two new games that you got this weekend? They're not like new games. I just got a chance to play them. These are like board games, like board games slash card games. Um, and they're called, one of them is called Coup, C O U P. Uh, like military coup, and the other one is called Spyfall, um, and they uh, revolve around similar concepts, where people are hiding their identities. There are spies and assassins among the group of friends, and you have to figure out who is who, so you can like either kill them or stop them from murdering other people. Um, and I I thought they were interesting because well I was drunk when I was playing most of them, but uh, <laughs> it's the both, best way to play board games. Best way to play board games. And it was just interesting how we just grabbed the two of them at random, and they were so similar, like in their mechanics. 
Um, and then what uh, what I liked about Coup is that Coup is a much smaller game. I want to say it's probably cheaper, too, because it, it comes in just like a small box of cards. Um, whereas Spyfall had a giant box with 240 cards that you then had to separate into 20 piles and then take another deck of cards and put one of those cards in each of those 20 piles and then put them all in Ziploc bags and hide them from people. That sounds like a playing a new kickstarted game at Chris's house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it sounds like really involved. And yeah, and we were, we were sliding cards like in the paper bags, and I'm like, are we playing a game or am I a weed dealer? Like, <laughs> <laughs> where, mean, meanwhile, with, with Coup, you get two cards, and it, it works like a BS or stuff like that where people lie about what they're doing. But if you call out somebody and it turns out they weren't lying, then you lose one of your two cards. And if you lose both of your cards, then you lose. Like Coup sounds a lot like Resistance. It does. Coup is by the same people who did Resistance. Oh, well, that explains okay. it. And it exists within the same card game universe, believe it or not. I oh, love wow. how these companies, they all they always make these elaborate universes for their little card games and stuff now. Yeah, it's like the, the outfits and the artwork is actually really good for Coup. Um, the, the artwork for Spyfall is actually kind of creepy, because they were trying to do like this Mad Magazine sort of thing where the spy was hiding in each picture, but it just looked—he just looked like a like like a sex offender. <laughs> um, so not like Alfred E. Newman, but yeah. even even Alfred E. Newman looks like a sex offender if you look. Yeah, I mean, that's come true. On. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Even worse than that. Uh, yeah, or at least almost as bad. Oh. Uh, Ugh. Let's see. Uh, Why me worry? But yeah, um, but I liked, I personally liked uh, Coup more, because it was faster, it was easier to pick up, and there wasn't half as much setup. Uh, and I believe that Spyfall would be better for a large group setting of, like, six or more people. Mm. Um, and that's where it really becomes, like, interesting. But because we only had four people, it just wasn't, it was way too much buildup without as much payoff. Whereas, like, Coup, you could play and be wasted, and then totally understand how the game works. <laughs> <laughs> Which sometimes isn't the best. Yeah, which some like for for adults playing board games, you need games that you can play while drunk. You can't really play Shadows Over Camelot wasted, like Twilight Imperium. Yeah, mm. well, you can play Shadows <laughs> Over Camelot wasted, but you will lose friends. Like, that game like is... Twilight Imperium. <laughs> God, I hate that game. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> oh goodness! Anything yeah. else you wanted to go over with those games? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Just yeah. Um, I overall I, I like Coup because it's faster, easier to pick up, and they were basically the same game, and you didn't need 240 cards for Coup. Yeah, 240 cards is an awful lot for for a card game. Yeah, you're collecting cards, not Pokemon, right? Like... <laughs> yeah, that that's that's almost a lot if you play like Magic the Gathering. I just want to point out Ryan's Ryan Ryan. Were you trying to go into something there with that? Yeah, let's talk were about you trying the new to go magic into set. a yeah. We're, oh, you're moving into magic. Is that what you're talking about? No, I was talking about Pokemon. Talking about Pokemon because okay. there were 250, I think. Or wait, no, it's 150. Well, I made a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, why were you talking about Pokemon, Ryan? <laughs> Ryan, with his excellent segues that he then fails to pick up on. <laughs> Well, no, no, they're they're excellent segues if you can hear them at the low volume that Ryan mumbles at. <laughs> you know who doesn't mumble? Show, Show enough. enough. <laughs> Remember to vote, everybody. Please don't name my cat that. Okay, well, since Ryan brought it up, Pokemon, uh, Sun and Moon. Are S&M. Getting... Yes, S&M. <laughs> you got to remember your safe word first. Oklahoma. 
<laughs> uh, Fifty Shades of Monsters. Fifty Shades. Okay, we'll go with that. Anyway, they've just re- they've just released information about the new Aloha region, which is basically Pokemon Hawaii. Um, basically, really? what's up? It's Ho- Aloha is Hawaii. I don't believe you. No, it's it seems like a stretch. It does. It seems like a real. Stretch. I, I thought it was going to be in in war torn Burma. That's going to take me a while to pick up on their coded sort of. <laughs> their coded thing, yeah. It would have been awesome if you know war torn Burma, but you know they chose Pokemon Hawaii. You know they just I don't know why, but they did. It's Japan. They wanted to put more high schoolers in bikinis. That's... You know what? That that doesn't surprise me because there is a massive amount of Japanese video games that have not hit the U.S. market that are just revolving around Japanese schoolgirls and their panties. <laughs> um, there are hotel resorts for you and your video game girlfriend, exactly. where it digitally like projects her next to you on the beach. What like like in Archer? The, <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Uh, uh, Cre- you know, Creek. 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 Krieger is my absolute favorite character. <laughs> Krieger is like my hero. Like, and because the hologram pop up, I will never betray you, Krieger-san. <laughs> <laughs> they have that in Pokemon now. That's that's actually what the SNM stands for. Sure. And that's, that's the direction it's going. <laughs> yeah. Right, anyway, move There's on. There's a couple of, <laughs> of really cool things that they're doing now uh, with the Pokédex in in Pokemon SNM. Um, it's actually a a Pokemon, Rotom, Rotom Pokedex. It's a special can you, model you have that to can be inhabited. First? No, you get the Pokedex <laughs> and then you put Rotom into it, and then it can speak human language. So what is Rotom? It's, it's a electric, electric type Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, okay. So basically, your Pokedex becomes a Pokemon. So, and it can... Uh... Is, is there, like, a whole Ghostbusters ceremony that you have to do with the Rotom to get it into the Pokedex? No, it's a satanic ceremony. It's a satanic <laughs> ceremony. You, know, you, gotta, you gotta draw does... an upside-down pentagram, and you gotta write in Theban script, you know, Does, does that mean if, um, if, like, all of your Pokemon faint, you can throw your Rotom at, like, some guy's Raticate? You know what? That is an interesting, uh, interesting question. I have no answer for that, because they just... It, oh, your your Pokédex can be inhabited by a Pokémon. So I'm just like, okay, well that's really cool, but yeah. so it's like the Yokai watch, you know? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But what happens if your 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 Pikachu gets stuck in that thing? All right, I just need to pick up my Poké. Oh, stop shocking me! I just need to see what Pokémon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. gotta use your safe word. It's just... Yeah, you gotta you gotta exactly. use Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Make Oklahoma. sure Pikachu knows your safe word. <laughs> Regions is are they going to have any more regions? Did they say? No, they didn't. I guess the Aloha region is the only one they've mentioned so far. Um, they did introduce a whole bunch of new combination of Pokemon, so you get you get a you know it's it's weird. I think I saw a fairy dragon and yeah. you know a flying grass type, which is one of the starters, Rowlet. Yeah. You know who had basically and with the starters, it's not that blue. Uh... We'll get into that. <laughs> and it's interesting because you know how with the original, you know, red and blue, that you had to train the Pokemon up to get their signature moves. Like Bulbasaur was a Razor Leaf, Squirtle was Water Gun, and uh, Charmander was Ember. You get it like level twelve if you're lucky. No, in the uh, in the Aloha region, these Pokemon come with those moves already. Huh. So you get Rowlet with they call it Leaf Edge now. Um, Litten gets Ember, of course, and uh, Poor Popplio gets Water Gun. Oh, did you say? Did you say polio gets the water gun? <laughs> Pope, Pleo, Pope Leo. 
Pope Leo who has polio. <laughs> Which moves us into the next uh, topic about Pokemon <laughs> Sun and Moon. Why does everyone hate Pope Leo, the water seal Pokemon? It might be his doofy face. Um, I love him. Uh, first off, he looks ridiculous, so you know people aren't going to choose him, because you have a cat, a cute cat and a cute owl, and then you have this guy bring up the rear. But also, water types have been uh, infamous, like, infamous in being OP. They're always, always OP, and you know he's going to turn, he's, he's either going to go one of two ways, he's either going to turn into a Blastoise thing, where he grows cannons or becomes some kind of, like, ferocious war machine, or he's just going to look maximum derp. <laughs> Well, I mean, if for me, because I, I actually do play Pokemon Shuffle um, mobile, you know, so I play, you know, you know, it's on the iPhone. I have you know, no Android. idea what you guys It's, it's a Pokemon matching game. Is what I've it is. Okay. I've never, I've not played a Pokemon game since Red and Blue. Get. Well, <laughs> well get, get ready to be reintegrated because there's an app coming out that doesn't include the game called, like, Pokemon Go. Yeah. And you, you can use your phone and you catch Pokemon based on where you live on the planet. Exactly. All I want in life is for the to, to be a Dragonite region in my area. That's all I want. Well, it gives you an excuse to travel. Yeah, I get no, it. if if I were if I were them, I would put Dragonite in like Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, good luck. They're gonna put like the rare ones, like Mewtwo's like in the ghetto, be, <laughs> South Central. Mewtwo's gonna be like on Everest. <laughs> and then can you imagine just a bunch of nerds running into these like incredibly dangerous neighborhoods it's like gentrify the game pretty much <laughs> that's the whole secret Nintendo's trying to do they're, they're trying, trying to just gentrify these areas like let's put the really famous Pokemon in these areas that we want to get populated I also actually uh, contact. we have to battle I have a, I have a, my sister-in-law's, um, as I mentioned before, my sister-in-law's teaching in Japan right now right. And, a, and a bunny of mine is teaching in China and I was joking with, because uh, he actually wants the app to see, like, what animals are available in China. And I thought it would be hilarious if, because of Japanese-Chinese relations, like, the only thing you can get in uh, in China is are, like, rattatas. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Japan actually made Pikachu available in China, because there's been a big uproar in China, how they changed the, the, the name to the, you know, how yeah. the Chinese pronounce Pikachu. Yeah, how the and Chinese pronounce Pikachu. I don't know what's in Chinese. Do, do I look Chinese to you? Don't answer kind that. Of, uh, a little bit. <laughs> Both of you are dicks. <laughs> um, but no, it really upset the Chinese populace that the Japanese changed how, the, how Pikachu was pronounced in their game. And it was just like, look, I, we thought it would be easier. But, you know, it's our game. We're going to do what we want. <laughs> I did hear actually because they they are separated by where you're at in the world and everything. They are going to have a new a new Pokemon in Pokemon Go. Uh, it's actually going to be in New York in the Harlem district. It's called Show Nuff. Show Nuff. Oh yeah, he's the gym leader because he's the baddest man in Harlem. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Remember to vote, everybody. But no, another interesting thing with Pokemon Go is is that there's a version called Pokemon Go Plus. Where you get this Bluetooth device that oh, you wear. I'm getting that. It's like a blue, it's like a smartwatch almost, yeah. and it'll vibrate whenever there are Pokemon near you in the area. Okay, that is pretty cool, actually. I will you know, that. and it's shaped like a Pokeball, and it'll glow up. You know, the center will glow blue, and then it'll vibrate, and you'll be like, "Oh, there's a Pokemon! Let me get my phone!" 
that little Bluetooth device is going to be the thing that stops workplace productivity entirely. <laughs> it really I, is. I, I someone's before. someone's going to be in a meeting and they're going to hear, and they're like, "Oh no, I got to stop this presentation, sir." Because there's a Charmander. Oh yeah, no, that, that's Magneton. This is going to be a minute. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a minute. In, in certain areas, you get a rat tat infestation. Then <laughs> it just won't stop going off. Very much inside my coat jacket, there will be a, like a poke, you know, the Ash Ketchum hat. And I'm like, excuse me, I have to, I have to excuse myself. <laughs> Pull out the hat. <laughs> flip it backwards. Go, Pikachu! You actually, um, oh, wait, um, I wasn't supposed to do that. On the Actually, on the subject of, like, uh, Chinese-Japanese relations, for spring break, I went to, uh, I went to China for two weeks. Oh. And um, you can see the political relations between each countries based on how, how, like, how long the visas are. Because I'm American and China gets along really well with America, I get a 10-year visa. I can go as many times as I want back and forth to China for 10 years. No problem. Oh, wow. There was a guy in our group, Kentaro. He's lived in America for most of his life, but he has Japanese citizenship. He got a 30-day visa, <laughs> one way in, one way out. Oh, wow. Do not pass go. Do not click $200. Visit and then get out. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that's all big. They don't care. Like they're like F O of the top stand for. <laughs> <laughs> and they literally write that on the visa. <laughs> which it, it, it was, it was visit, visiting GTFO. <laughs> which was it was like because uh I uh when I was in China I'm like I'm like six feet tall I'm like a big dude I I had a beard you know and I had like the the breath mask and stuff like that and when I was there I finally understood what it was like not understood but I felt like a minority in China because I was like there's no blending in for me. No, there really isn't. <laughs> everybody knows who I am, and everybody knows yeah. where I'm from. I, it didn't matter how good my Mandarin was. Like there is, uh, I was American. There's yeah. no hiding that. <laughs> like if I were in Canada, I could probably, I could probably pass. Yeah, you could pass. You're yeah. bearded. You're white and bearded. Yeah, you pass in Canada. You know, put on flannel. You'll be fine. Um, but yeah, so like, uh, I'm I'm excited for Pokemon Go, and I'm excited for Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, I'm still mad it took a, them as long as it, it did take them to convert to 3D. Yeah. I mean, because that's, uh, I mean, because with, I mean, I, you know, they kept releasing sequels to Black and White. There was like Black and White, Black and White 2, and then... Black and White 3, The Search for More Money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then Black, they, and white, Black and White 4, The Reckoning. Yeah. And then they started to, to re-release the retro games, like Pokemon Red and Blue and Leaf Green and Heart Gold and Soul Silver, you know, in the virtual store, which, you know, for me, I thought was great because, you know, it, it keeps the, the original content there and keeps, you know, us yeah. old, you know, us older Pokemon and masters in mind. And supposedly, uh, with the ones that they've released to the store, when Sun and Moon come out, you can trade directly from the old one to that. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's smart. Which will be cool because I can have my Gen 1 Pikachu or Gen 1 Charmander in Hawaii, which he'll go straight from Palatown right to Hawaii. It'll be great. As long as you've downloaded the, you know, the virtual Generation 1 because it, it won't... Yeah, yeah. I it mean, won't trans Unless you move it to your po Pokemon bank, which that's another thing that mm -hmm. you know, they've introduced is that you can actually store Pokemon in a virtual bank. So it takes Bill's invention from Generation One, where you could, where you have a Pokemon storage system, and just expands it to a bank. So basically, you have all these trainers, and they're trading in Pokemon. So it's almost become like stocks. I will give you fifteen Charizards <laughs> if you give me that one, uh, that one Jinx with the with the pink lips. 
<laughs> that sparkles. Speaking of weird-looking animals, we have our final topic for the day. And that is... Show enough? Yes, show enough is our final topic. No, but he is a man that is almost just as bad as show enough. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. A little bit of news going on with him right now. Um, I'm not sure which of you guys are aware, but Paramount's trying to do their whole movie monsters mashup thing. Yeah, they're trying to make like a movie monster cinematic universe. Yeah, because Avengers came out, now everybody's trying to do that. Oh. So they came out with the Dracula Untold, which was it was all I actually, right. I didn't get to see it. I like Dracula Untold. I thought it was really. It wasn't. It was bad it was good for what it was. Yes, that's the most praise I can give it, though. You know, but <laughs> I mean, when you cast, you know, Luke Evans is just basically everywhere nowadays. I mean, he was yeah. Bard in you know The Hobbit. You know, yeah. he was Zeus. And he's not a bad actor. He's not a bad actor, no. I mean, he's not. But, but can you imagine how much more fun that movie would have been if Dwayne The Rock Johnson was Bard? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, because, like, I see Bard and I'm like, like, Smaug had to fly, like, right next to him and talk in order for Bard to even be a threat. I could see Dwayne The Rock Johnson fighting Smaug. Yeah, hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like he he has he puts himself on a giant ballista and someone launches him at Smaug <laughs> straight to Smaug. Yeah, but the reason okay the reason why we're talking about Dwayne the Rock Johnson in this this Paramount universe that they're trying to make is that he is currently in talks apparently rumor has it that he's in talks with Paramount that he is going to be playing the Wolfman. The Wolfman is one of my favorite of the movie monsters. Uh, he's, like, right there with Frankenstein. For me, Frankenstein's my absolute favorite. Well, okay, Frankenstein's monster, if we want to get pandemic. Uh, yeah, let's get let's get pandantic about it. Yeah. But I, the Wolfman has always been one of my favorite lores. And oh, you mean Lycan's lore? Lycan lore, yes. I'm using layman terms here. Sorry. <laughs> so apparently he's going to be the Wolfman, though. Oh, so he's going to be playing werewolf. So he's going to do the whole Michael J. Fox thing. Exactly, Teen Wolf, the movie. And and uh, I, I talked about this a little bit before the start of the podcast. I want the guy who played Rorschach in Watchmen to be his non-wolf form, <laughs> this very tiny emaciated guy. And then he looks at the moon, and then you just cut back to Dwayne the Rock Johnson with with dog ears and a little bit of fur. <laughs> yeah. I just want a whole movie though, actually, of the of. Have Dwayne the Rock Johnson be one of the werewolves from What We Do in the Shadows? <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Uh, oh man, I love that movie. We're <laughs> werewolves, not werewolves. But um, the last Wolfman movie that we had was we had Wolfman with Benicio del Toro. I did not get to see that one. Wait. Uh. Well. Um. It was not good. I did not hear good things about it. Yeah. No. And what sucks is because Benicio del Toro is like. If, have you guys seen Sicario? I, you know, that's been on my... I've that had is, that forever. I have not watched it yet. You need to watch You need to watch Sicario right after this podcast because Benicio Del Toro plays the most terrifying human being on Earth. Really? Yeah, and so when I... I watched Sicario right when I heard that Del Toro was slated to be in the next Star Wars movie, and I was like, make him a Sith. Yes. They are actually... Speaking of that, they're actually already in talks about Sicario 3. Yeah, unfortunately, the director-cinematographer team-up that did Sicario, um, they're actually going to be doing the Blade Runner movie, which I was nervous about the Blade Runner movie until I saw Sicario. 
if they have the same cinematographer for Sicario, like Sicario, aside from being just this amazing suspenseful movie, it's one of the best shot movies in the past like five years. Um, it is yes. fantastic. They had a really small budget. You could like it wasn't like super grandiose, but it was amazing. Like the shots like drew you in. They had actually they had um, I went and saw that movie with a uh, a Marine Corps guy and then a guy who worked with special forces during uh, his tour in Afghanistan, like an army guy. And they had one of the best depictions of like Delta Force in any movie. Hmm. Not as in like a oh they're the badasses and they're surrounded, but like just like ninety percent of other military movies. Yeah, it was just like how they talk, how they like. There, there's a scene where like the captain is like, "Here's your weapons. Keep it pointed at the ground. Don't fucking shoot my guys." Like, and then that was it. Like they just moved on and were doing. It was. It's really they they do a really good job of showing different levels of like m- like martial proficiency. You know. Because they have, like, an FBI agent who's not going to have the same tactical training as Delta Force, but can I, do other stuff. I have to say, like, after after you got to the point where you mentioned the directors of the new Blade Runner, like, that's immediately where my brain went. And I've just been thinking this whole time, like, I, I can go on an hour-long rant about that, and that just boils down to, why is that happening? <laughs> uh, I have a one-word answer. Money. Yeah, <laughs> and also, also, I have another multi-word answer. You've got to do this now before Harrison Ford either dies or stops doing movies. Because right now, Harrison Ford is so old and crusty, he sounds like he has a graveler sleeping in his throat. Um, he sounds like a tired garbage disposal. I and, really hope it's good. I hope yeah. that's good. But um, I just I don't have faith in it yet. Until I see something from it, and I just don't know why it needs to have a sequel. Well, but I mean, if you have to do a sequel, I would, I would rather you have somebody because, like the the original Blade Runner movie had tons so of good. Uh, yeah, it it was very cerebral, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cerebral. It had action, but that's not what it was about. It was a very and it was it had a lot of tension. Yes, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And after you see Sicario, like the director cinematographer team that's doing this new Blade Runner movie, they are the masters of tension and suspense. All right. All right. That, that gives me a little bit more hope, but well, on that note, everybody, that is our show. Welcome to, or thank you for listening to episode two of Astronauts Anonymous. Yeah. Bringing you the nerdy news one step at a time. I have been your host, Joe Bennett. I'm Dean. I'm Ryan. And I'm Alex. And our special guest, Show sure enough. enough. Please don't name my cat that. <laughs> Remember to vote, everybody. <laughs> and that is our show. Have a good night, everybody.